This is Sportscasters Anonymous, a weekly podcast about sports, all sports, MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, collegiate football, and collegiate basketball. But there's more. We'll even talk about sports video games, sports movies. It's all here. You're listening to Sportscasters Anonymous on the Random Chatter Network, broadcasting to the globe from Jacksonville, Florida. This is Don and Chip. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Sportscasters Anonymous. My name is Don. He's Chip. As always, we thank you for joining us. This is episode number 19, recorded on August 23rd, 2020. And before we kick off, as always, Chip, my man, how's it going? The word of the show is going to be garbage. Garbage. That is going to be the word of the show. You're going to hear me say it a lot. Okay. This show. So we're saying it is the word of the show, but we are not referring to the show, correct? No. Okay. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) We're going to be mostly referring to Philadelphia sports teams as garbage. Right. And are we going to sprinkle a little bit of New York in there as well, I'm, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, maybe just like the sprinkling on top. But the, the meat of it is going to be Philadelphia sports teams. Well, you have um, that right. Because so. they, they, are, they are garbage right now. Um, they just put up a, uh, a stat on the – or the standings on the TV and talking about who is in the postseason picture and who is in the hunt. And the Phillies aren't even in the hunt. Um, yeah. Garbage, or garbage, as some people like to say. But we're going to get into the contact stuff. Uh, so, again, you guys can contact us uh, via email. Mine is chip at randomchatter.com, uh, or you can contact Don at his email, which is don at randomchatter.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, uh, at sportcastanon, A-N-O-N. Or you can join our Discord channel uh, under Random Chatter, where there's sports and pop culture talk. Uh, you can support us on Patreon under Random Chatter, and then you can buy our stuff, randomchatter.com slash store. Nice, man. And as always, I want to give a shout out to our friends of the show, Des Creates, D-E-Z Creates.com. She does amazing artwork. Check out the site. If you want something custom created, she can do that for you. And as always, a shout out to our friend Hydrox22. He can be found on twitch.tv forward slash Hydrox22. Real funny guy. We work with him. He does great streams. Uh, Sea of Thieves is his go-to, but he is playing a lot of other stuff now, so check him out. Uh, A couple other notes. Number one, we are using a different type of software to record this evening. We had some technical difficulties, so if the show doesn't have its normal quality, we apologize in advance for that. Number two, this is show number 19. We are doing a build-up to show 25. Chip, I kind of touched with you briefly. We want to do something special for episode 25, and I got a couple ideas what I want to throw out there. Might be a little bit of an extended episode, but definitely we're going to sprinkle in a couple of different things from what we normally do. So everybody, uh, just we're, we're looking forward to the build-up. We're looking forward to the viewership and the fan base. With all that being said, Chip, let's kick off with the NFL updates, my friend. Absolutely. So we gave a lot of slack, or... Er- not Slack, we gave a lot of uh, discouraging words to Washington for their lack of a team name. So I'm going to give a lot of discouraging words to your Buffalo Bills for not even having anybody 
to sponsor their stadium. So now their stadium is just Bill's stadium. Nothing wrong with that. There is a lot wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Like, how how bad of a team do you have to have that nobody wants to sponsor your stadium? Now, I don't think it's that they didn't want to sponsor. Uh, there was a big deal signed with New Era quite a few years back. They asked to be released from the contract. Both sides agreed. You know, I'm thinking it's probably a mix of a COVID thing with everything else. Just trying everyone trying to protect their financial interests. So I, you know, I don't think it's because the team is bad. They went to the playoffs. Okay, true. Well, I did just read this that there was two public public bids put in. One of them was from Tushy, so it would be called Tushy Stadium or uh, Toilet Bowl. I look kind of like that name uh, for your sta- for your stadium. So we we can only hope, but still, it's named Bill Stadium. So terrible, garbage. That's the first one of the night. Garbage. Yes. You know. Yes, uh, uh, do I need to kind of like keep a count and put Chip said garbage X amount of times this episode? Uh, you, uh, I'm, we might lose count. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, um, the, I, I saw the news when that happened. I was a little puzzled. Um, fortunately, Tushy will not be getting the rights no matter how much money they play, pay. And they will not be bringing a game to Orchard Park and call it the Toilet Bowl. So as embarrassing as Buffalo football can be, we will not be that bad. Okay? The the Erie County executive said, I don't care how much money they spend, they're not going to get the approval for it because it has to go through state and county approval, and they're just not going to allow that. So I'm fine. So (laughs) let me me ask you this because I don't know the rules about it. Why can't can the Bills just like make up their own name for this game, or do they have to have a sponsor? Like, can't because if they can just create their own name, it would be a lot better than just calling it the Bills Stadium. Well, no, no team has to have a sponsor on the building. You know, like for the longest time, I hate to use these guys, but Cowboys played at Cowboy Stadium, right? You don't correct have to have a sponsor for the stadium. The reason that you do is because whoever's doing it is writing a very big check. And so that's more money for the team. And you get to plug your brand. You know, when you have like giant 30 and 40 foot tall letters of your company name outside of a stadium, it's pretty hard to miss. So no team has to have that. But it helps pay the bills. No pun intended. No, it it definitely does. It's definitely a huge sponsoring thing. But I just uh, – you had to get more creative than just Bill's Stadium. I don't know. It's just – I guess maybe they don't want to name it anything because then if they have to or they have to change it, they have to take it down and then the whoever – Yeah, it's like saying know, Washington football it. team. Until, until you decide on a name, we'll just give it the most generic form possible. There, there. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Fair enough. If it was, I was just say if it was my team, I'd be outraged. But, oh yeah, they would have burned uh, half of Philadelphia down if that happened. Yeah, no, it would never. It would like yeah, no, you would have seen an outcry from fans all over. Yeah, it would. It would never have gotten that far. Um, but in interesting news, uh, Des Bryant worked out for the Ravens this week mm-hmm. after two years of not being in the league. But I mean, I didn't realize he was only thirty-one. 
Like he's not that old. I thought I I could have sworn he was a lot older than that. Yeah, just he's been in the league for so long. Um, he didn't. He left the. He left without a contract, but he's been one of those more vocal, not really retired, but free agent player uh, wide receivers, saying he wants to get back into the league now. I remember him very vividly from the Cowboys days, and he was a dominant receiver against lesser competition, but when he went up against better competition, he kind of got lost and had a lot of drop balls. So would you say he was a middle – is he an average? Is he average, above average, below average? I I would put him in above average. Mm-hmm. As a wide receiver, um, I but think definitely not elite. He, no, I I wouldn't say he's elite. I, he just he was on a lot of cowboy teams that really didn't have more than one option. Like he was like their main option. He so was like, the go-to. Tony Romo would throw to him all the time because that's really all they had outside of of Des Bryant. Um, I mean, they had like Cole Beasley for a couple years, but. No offense because he's a bill now, but Cole Beasley is not the coup de grace when it comes to slot receivers. Um, so, like, he was he was um, Tony Romo's favorite target. Um, and he's a big receiver, so he's good down in the red zone. So he's got, like, really high um, touchdown numbers because when they were in the red zone, he was the first person they would throw to because he could out-jump and was taller than most cornerbacks that were there uh, he's not a fast he's not a speeder a speedster he's not gonna outrun the defense and he doesn't really like he does jump balls and, and is more of a possession receiver um but i wouldn't say he's elite um like i would give like tyreek hill like elite status or deandre hopkins elite status because they're more than just one dimensional when it comes to receiving they they have speed or they have good route running or they have uh good hands mixed in with like possession or they can go up and get a ball or, or something like that like those those are elite i, I wouldn't put them in that category mm-hmm. so i was kind of just i was i was curious curiously watching that to see if he if they signed him because again he like i said he's been a receiver that's been more vocal about coming back into the league, but no one's really wanted to take a shot with him. Right. Um, and um, do we because, know? Because did it, did he sign like a contract? Was it like a one year deal or anything like that? Or are they just give him a tryout at this point to see if it's worth going further? So they just gave him a tryout just to okay. see. He just worked out with the team to see what it was, how how he was in shape and everything like that. Um, and it said it went well, but he left the, left the Ravens camp without a contract. So there's no, like, we're going to sign him imminently. Um, but it's definitely, like, when they when they work receivers or work players out, like, there's a good chance that, like, if one of, the, one of Baltimore's receivers gets hurt or something like that, they might go back to him and sign him to a deal. So you think so more like, or less I, he's going to – you think he's one of those guys that right now nobody wants him, but as soon as somebody goes down, that phone call is going to be made. Correct. They've already worked him out. They've already kind of brought him in. They've kind of like said, hey, we sh- we're showing interest in you. Um, but we, we, A, 
don't have a roster spot to open up for you or B, we we have other receivers that we want to see work with um, Lamar Jackson and not you. A lot, of, a lot of teams that have young quarterbacks are very wary of bringing in veteran wide receivers because wide receivers are prima donnas and the fact that they want They're to their be ways. a certain way. Yeah, yeah, and they don't want it like being with a younger quarterback who wants uh, that wants to be molded uh, with the receivers. It, it's hard to get a wide a veteran wide receiver to mold to a younger quarterback. It's almost mm-hmm. like the quarterback has to mold to the way they want things rather than the other way around. Somebody not going to be happy. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, no, and it, but I mean, it's, it, I, I hate to almost say it, but it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship between the quarterback, the tight end, the quarterback, and the receivers. You know, there, there's a give and take, there's a trust, there's like a bond and understanding between them. And that's why, like you just said, a lot of quarterbacks, they, they've got their receivers they want to work with. If you bring in a veteran, it'll be, well, when I played for this team, you know, this is this is what we would do, or we did this this way, and that's, no, it doesn't work that way. Your quarterback's your general. He calls the shots. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then to move on from that, uh, so there was – I posed this question to you because there was an article on ESPN about who has the most to lose and gain in for the 2020 season. Ooh, um, that's a distinguished list, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I, I posed that question to you. What – uh? Who do you think has the most to gain and the most to lose, uh, either player or coach, for this upcoming season? Um, <clears throat> I did. I did see the article, so I am. I, I am aware of what's there. So you know, just uh, to get to kind of touch. Obviously, uh, I'm curious. Dak got slapped with the franchise tag this year for him. It's put up or shut up. They need to get. I wouldn't getting to the playoffs is not going to cut it. I don't even know if getting deep into the playoffs is going to cut it. I, I think in Dak's position, at minimum, an NFC championship or bust. I think there's a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, uh, player wise, and we can get into to the logistics of the article afterwards. But I mean, that one to me just since they franchise tagged him, you and I have had numerous discussions about Dak Prescott. Basically, like that. This is a make or break year. There's, there's no question about it. Um, coaches, it's kind of, um, it's kind of a revolving door with coaches the last couple of seasons. Um, I, do, I'm not sure on coaches this year. I, I know the article points a few coaches there. I'm not sure if I agree with the whole list. Um, I mean, like they put Adam Gaze on there. Like the fact that he can still find a coaching job is astonishing to me. Period. Do you agree? Uh, I I'll be honest. I don't I don't watch the Jets, so I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but I mean, he he, he coached the way. Giants too, right? <laughs> did Adam Gaze didn't Adam Gaze coach the Giants for a couple of years? No, 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 he he did. He was the Dolphins coach, and then he went to the Jets. Okay, I I I. I Sorry, I apologize to the Giants fans. It just the, the name was in there. I haven't had enough coffee today. <laughs> um, yeah, no, because it, it was yeah. uh, Coughlin, then it was Shermer. Shermer. And now they have, 
and then now they have the um, uh, the wide receivers coach, I think it was, or a special teams coach from the Patriots who actually went to my high school. Cool. Fun fact. So I'm um, sorry. It was I, I hate to say it, but I, I think I got Sherman mixed up with Gay. So my, my apologies to all the fans out there. Yeah. Um, and I then was, was, uh, you, you've seen him more than anybody because he went from Miami to the Jets. So yeah. you've seen him every year for the past like four or five years. But and I'm trying to figure out how I couldn't get a job as a head coach with what he's done. <laughs> um, and then the yeah. uh, the only other player that's been kind of on my radar since before the season started is Leonard Fournette for the Jags. He he's in in, in a funny position. Also, I don't know. It looked like he might be the answer to a long line of, you know, they had Mojo, Maurice Jones-Drew, who did a fantastic job, and they had Fred Taylor, who did a fantastic job. And Fournette looked like he was going to be the heir apparent to to that legacy, and I I just don't know if he's going to be able to get there and be able to do it. So uh, Prescott, Fournette, and I would have to say probably Adam Gaze, those guys are on my radar as far as, um, boomer bust this season. Yeah, so I agree with you with Prescott. This is his make or break season. Um, he's got the most to gain and he's got the most to lose. He gets injured and Alice has a very good out to decrease the contract that they want to offer him if they ever want to offer him a contract. Um, if he goes big and they win the NFC Championship, then they're going to have to pay him a boatload of money. So he has the most to gain or lose. He's betting on himself this year. As far as coaches, I agree with them that they put Bill O'Brien down there, uh, mostly from the fact that you trade away your probably the best receiver in the league uh, for a running back. Now you have to prove it that you don't need him. Um, So he's also the GM there. So he has like total control, which is never a good thing for a coach to have total control. Um, It almost never works out. I think, Bill Belichick is the only one that actually it works out for. Um, Belichick is the it. exception to the rule, like everything else. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just he's the exception. He's an enigma, like, man. <laughs> if you watch the moves he makes, he really doesn't make many moves. So, like, he, even though he's the GM, like most of the stuff he does, he just stays his course. Like a lot of times when uh, coaches or GMs they're trying to like move and wheel and deal and try to get all these players, and they're trying to like build a fantasy roster rather than building like a, a cohesive team um case in point uh with chip kelly he traded for all these like really like great names and great stat players but when you put it down like on paper it was like oh we have this great team but then when it was actually out on the field it was garbage um so uh, there Bill, it is Bill again O'Brien, yeah, <laughs> Bill o'brien is uh is in that same boat in the fact that he traded away deandre hopkins um and now he he has to he's got a lot of explaining to do for that which he already did and he has the most to gain or lose because if the if the Houston Texans don't do better than what they did last year I don't see him coming back and they're going to be looking for a new coach so he's he's on the hot seat he's going to be on the hot seat every week this entire year so this is make or break for him um, I think the other coaches on the list are, are pretty much they probably will get fired at the end of the year, no matter what they do this year. Um, I don't think, I think Adam Gase is just like a cat with nine lives um, when it comes to that. Like he, I just, the, the ineptitude of his teams and like, I just feel like he, the players just don't respect him. 
when I, which no, is I guess terrible it, to say. Is it, but, you know, like you said, he's like a cat with nine lives. So, and we made we made this joke earlier in the year when we were talking about football and the draft and everything else. So, how long before Adam Gaze goes to Cleveland? Dead goes silence. To Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, because you know Cleveland seems to be recycling everybody else's garbage. Uh, <laughs> all right, I got it. Okay, yeah. Wait, where did Cleveland come into this discussion? Yeah, um, just because okay. earlier in the year we were bashing like, oh well, you're not happy with this, you're not happy. Well, I'll just go to Cleveland. So it was like, yeah. okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and now look at Cleveland. They have like all this talent, and they're not doing anything. They're going anywhere. So. Um, yeah, I mean, those are those are probably the the two coaches and, and the one player that I, I think has the most to gain or lose. I don't I don't really foresee anyone else that has a lot to gain or lose from this season because most of the players either have the writing on the wall that they're leaving or or they've pretty much yeah they have the writing on the walls that they're going to be leaving ne- their teams next year. And this is just like how much can they gain or lose by going into a free agency when people are going to be bidding high on them. So. I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. It's going to be an interesting season uh, for sure. Um, but we do have some injury updates uh, that I, I, I thought I was going through the list and there was a lot of injuries this week. A lot of like little minor injuries, which I think is going to be a common theme. You're going to see the IL get a lot of people on it uh, just Can for we... like hamstring injuries or strained quads or. Um, I mean, the big one was coming out of Dallas where Gerald McCoy um, got injured and now is no longer with the team, which I thought was kind of funny because now they don't really have anybody on the defensive line. It went after they signed Everson Griffin. It's like, okay, yeah, he's a defensive end, but you have no in- inside guys. So, so do interesting. You, Dallas has no defense. I'm okay with so that. So do you think uh, this is a result of COVID, of course? You couldn't have your preseason OTAs or excuse me, your off-season OTAs and reporting to the team facility once in a blue moon to get in shape and whatnot. So the the injuries, would you say, attributes to they have not been able to go through the normal off-season process? Correct. Absolutely. Uh, People are, they're coming in without having done football activities or any type of strenuous activities for, what, nine months? And then Mm -hmm. they're coming in and they're starting to ramp it up at a uh, fast pace. You're going to have people that are going to get hamstring injuries, strained quads, uh, strained muscles, because they're doing things that their body wasn't warmed up to do. Um, and they're doing it quickly because they're, they're putting like a pedal to the metal to try to get everyone ready by opening day. So you're going to see a lot of injuries that, that first weekend, you're going to probably see a majority of soft tissue injuries, um, hands down because it's, it's unavoidable. Uh, the other big one is, uh, Tyreek Hill injured his hamstring. Um, I saw that. As well as there's um, your on for your team, Josh Norman injured his hamstrings. Hamstrings are terrible to injure because they're lingering and they last. They don't heal very well, so that's not good. If you see someone come up with a hamstring injury, that's kind of going to be something that they're going to be dealing with the entire year, and it's it definitely affects you because you need your hamstrings to slow down or to uh, push off. You need the, the those for power moves and, and cutting and all that kind of stuff. So if, if you hurt your, your hamstring, it, it kind of uh, lessens the ability to do that. So and uh, was there anybody, just out of curiosity, on the Eagles that made you go, that could be a problem? 
Uh, I'm sure, but I'm blanking right now. Um, I know, I know there was a couple. There was a couple of players that had like little injuries, but nothing that was gonna. Um, like besides the the ones that happened over the off season, like with yeah. Brandon Brooks, um, uh, like Hargrave has a soft tissue injury. He might he has a pectoral injury, but we still have uh, two other defensive tackles that'll be in there: Malik Jackson and uh, Fletcher Cox. So we're okay there. Like he's gonna be out multiple weeks, but he'll come back and he'll be fine. Um, some of the other ones are just minor, like I'm gonna say soreness kind of deal. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing that's gonna keep them out for months or weeks uh more than hit the panic button over no because like a lot of times like you go through it and they'll be on the list for like let's say like lower body injury or upper body injury and it's kind of like we put them on there just to get them to rest you you have to be you have to look at it and look at what they're there for and how what's the projected time that they're going to be out like Mm -hmm. it says day to day that usually means just like a soreness kind of thing if it says week to week that's more of a serious injury um, if this is going to miss multiple weeks, then that's an even bigger injury. But like, right. we're we're what two weeks away from the start of the season? Three we got weeks a couple weeks to go. Yeah, couple um, weeks to go. So, yet. so you don't want anybody now getting a week to week injury because then it's going to be like, are they going to be ready by opening day? Right. You'd rather um, have a day to day. Let let the uh, let the medical staff do their thing, try and work out whatever the soreness is. Give them a shot, whatever it takes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of the time, they give them a shot and they'll be ready to go by game time. Right. So I didn't see anyone on the Eagles that really got uh, major injuries. I think. Uh, uh, I yeah, saw Alshon Jeffrey was out. Well, yeah, he's been out. Yeah. He, uh, what tore his ACL or something like that? Yeah, uh, or ouch. you know, he. Uh, uh, it was it was a Liz Frank injury. Um, last year, so that's like a, a year long recovery. So gotcha. he, he he got injured last during last season. So that's right. Him on him on on the uh, injury list is nothing new. We we knew that he wasn't really going to play this year, anyways. Gotcha. So so let's uh, but, but you I know, think, uh, let's move on to the NBA because yes uh, yes and just yeah. I'm going to tell you now just go ahead and get it out of your system. Go. This fire Brett Brown. Garbage. Garbage. We got swept by the Celtics. You looked like a little kid that had no idea what he was doing for most of the season. Your players after the game even came out and said that you need to be you need to be held your players more accountable. We all knew you were soft when it comes to players. That showing against the Celtics was just garbage. The team had no direction. Terrible. I'm trying to stay calm right now because I'm getting really angry with it. It was awful. I, I I didn't even watch the game today. I literally didn't even watch the game. I, I knew that they were going to lose. I looked I, I looked at the score maybe at halftime and went, hmm, they're close, but they'll blow it. Game three, I watched, and I was like, oh, well, maybe we can like steal a game here and, and, and extend the series. Nope. Blew it, blew it in the final minutes. The, our team's been turnover prone ever since you were our coach. So the only thing I can press, if anybody from the Philadelphia Sixers organization is listening to our show, is fire Brett Brown. Bring in a coach that's going to discipline and keep these players on track and make Embiid like, become 
more mature and not a little kid. And Simmons to shoot the ball more than once every 20 games. Um, and we might actually win a couple of games. Might win, might go in deep into the playoffs. Who knows? But it was just, it was just awful. I'm, I'm thoroughly disgusted with the Sixers right now. Okay, I just, I, I wanted to give you your time. <laughs> it, I, I, it I was, can literally go on for an yeah. hour and a half hour about how terrible the, yeah. the, this team was. It was Do, the biggest disappointing, pointing team yeah. ever. That, that you that's know. that's not me saying that. That's like. Yeah. The media world saying that. I mean, I was watching the game and they flashed up a stat. Like, I can't remember what it was, but this is like the sixth time that the Celtics have swept. I don't know if it was swept a team recently in the playoffs or if it was just in the history of the NBA. It's the sixth time that they've swept the 76ers. And this is like the first time in God knows how long that the Sixers have been swept out of a series. And I'm like, that. that just, please don't ever show me that stat again. I was yeah, tempted to like take a picture and send it to you, and I'm like, no, I'll probably get punched in the mouth for it. So, no, don't do that. You're well aware of I, it. You're suffering. I understand that Simmons got hurt, and I guarantee you that if Simmons was not hurt, we would have beat. We would have swept the Celtics. I am 100% convinced of that because uh, Jason Tatum is again. Ben Simmons is Jason Tatum's kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the games that we played against the Celtics this year, and Simmons was playing on Tatum, and Tatum had terrible games. He just cannot deal with the length and the athleticism of Simmons. But Simmons was hurt. So I watched game two, and I was thoroughly disgusted because they ran the same play, like, the entire second half. They ran basically the same play. It was like a pick and roll with Embiid or with Horford, and you never adapted. Like, he, like Brett Brown is probably one of the worst coaches with in-game adaptations and it it, like it showed up two years ago when we played the Celtics and lost that Brad Stevens was a far better coach than he was and just out coached him and Brad Stevens out coached him again this year because those games were there for us to win and the players either turned the ball over at the end of the game or couldn't hit shots uh couldn't rebound you got Embiid falling all over the place when he should be dominating the game like I can't blame Embiid for this because he actually showed me something by stepping up and scoring 34 36 points uh getting 12 re- 12 to 15 rebounds per game like he showed he stepped up the series but the rest of the team didn't do diddly squat so I I just I, I I'm want a coach to come in and to improve pros some accountability and discipline for this team and somebody that knows x's and o's because brett brown while he might be a great guy doesn't know x's and o's enough said (laughs) enough said we'll put the cherry at top so let's talk about since we are past that now and let's talk about the second round matchups and where we're going with this now i want to ask your opinion on this i want to give you a breakdown so far on where we're at as we record the show right now you got uh uh who's duking it out right now i believe it's denver and utah um we've yeah. been getting four games a day so we we went on the record a couple weeks ago and gave our predictions from what i'm seeing from the first round of the playoffs from both conferences and i want to get your opinion on this 
I want to ask you if the East seems more dominant or if it's the West, and I'll tell you why. So right now, you're one versus eight seed Milwaukee versus Orlando, two to one, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, Orlando pulled off a surprise victory there. Your four or five matchup, Pacers versus Heat. Um, four and five is almost always like a coin toss, but the way Indiana was playing in the bubble was one story, but Miami's up three to nothing. Miami has a chance to sweep that series in their next game. The 3 6 matchup, Celtics versus 76ers. We know how that ended up. Boston 4 0. And your 2 7 matchup, Toronto versus Brooklyn. Toronto also swept 4 0. So you have the possibility here after tomorrow's game that out of the four first round um, uh, matchups, three of them could be swept. Right? Now in the West. You've got the 1-8 matchup, Lakers and Portland. Lakers are up 2-1. to one. You've got the 4-5 matchup, Rockets and OKC. Houston's up 2-1. to one. You've got the 3-6 matchup, Denver and Utah. Utah's actually up 2-1 to one with a chance to go up 3-1 tonight. And an amazing game today that took place, and we'll talk about it later. Uh, Dallas tied the Clippers. The Clippers are the 2-seed, Dallas is the 7-seed, and the series is tied at 2-2. Two to two. So... My question to you, which conference seems stronger at this point? Is it the conference that's getting sweeps in the first round? Or is it the conference where these games, there's no sweeps taking place, that these teams are going head-to-head every game? So the West is the more dominant conference top to bottom. The East is more top-heavy. So the East probably has, like, the East probably has three of the best teams in the league right now. Um, but that's really it on in their conference. Like, the, the A-seed Orlando is just, they're not good. They're they're outmatched. The fact that they beat Milwaukee, they like they almost like blitzed them, and they were only going to get one win because there was no way Milwaukee was going to let them win more than one game. Milwaukee just came out flat like they were going to walk through the series, and Orlando caught them on a bad day. That's really what happened that game. They didn't outplay them. They just caught them on a bad day. Because um, then they came back and they just blew them out. So, the, Orlando's not good. Um, I'm surprised at Indiana-Miami. But Miami's a bad matchup for Indiana. Yeah, Miami's a bad matchup for Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't match up well. The styles of play are different. Um, and Miami's that pick and pop type offense and then they have like Duncan Robinson who's just unconscious from behind the arc and they have a lot of shooters on the team that just can hit um and then you have Jimmy Butler that can wheel and deal and 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 brings the glue to that team um and in the end it just they 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 have a bunch of good players but they're, they're just not they're not they don't match up well against Miami just simply put that way okay. the, the West from one to eight is any other any team from one to eight can win this entire win their entire conference they're all that good which is why the games that's why you have two one two one two one two two because they're all they all can beat each other on any given night um Lakers don't play well like I thought Portland was gonna win last night I was really upset that they didn't but the Lakers Missed so many free throws. It was ridiculous how many free throws they were missing. Uh, my buddy told me a stat, which I thought was 
like I've never even thought like I didn't even know it. LeBron James is like sixty percent in fourth quarter or close games when it comes to free throws. I was like, that's insanely bad. And sixty percent, be- something like that. It was some like really oh, like, ouch. Like it was like <laughs> he, he's just like t- he's terrible when he's trying to ice the game with free throws late in the game. And I'm just like, from a player who's supposed to be the goat, like. You would think that they would be like ninety percent or better from free throws, and he's not. He's mm. he's just his free throw percentage is just terrible, which well, I thought am- was amazing. Amazingly, but, uh, also I noticed in that game, Anthony Davis, who should be like if you're sending him into the to the line, that should just be it's done. And it looked like he was having a little bit of a rough night too. Yeah, they are not like the Lakers are not playing well at all. Like I'm super like. I think Portland needs more from like Damian Lillard needs to a do more, and I think they all like as a team collectively need to do more to beat the Lakers because I think they can, they can absolutely do it. It's just like one night Dame will be on and he'll score a lot of points, but then McCollum or Nurkic will be off, and then there there's like the first game that they played where they beat them, they were all on and they were all um, on fire. And all on the same page. And then this game two, they weren't. And then game three, Lillard wasn't. Lillard was hurt and he was playing hurt. So, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't think he really was much of a factor in that game either. So, like, they just all, if they all are collectively there, they can pretty much, they can destroy the Lakers. So, which I'm hoping for. But Right. So, uh, I told you, I told you when we did our picks that I did not see the Lakers going down to Portland is an upset because I really do believe that Portland, the way that the play looks, that Portland looks like they're the better team. So to me, that wouldn't be an upset. But aside from them, who in the West, because we've we've got a 2-2, two, 2 versus 7, a 2-1, 6 versus 3, and a 2-1, 4 versus 5. I It doesn't look like the top four seeds like the Eastern Conference are going to walk into the next round, so correct. Like you're you're going to get like so Boston's going to play Toronto in the second round. You're most likely going to have Milwaukee versus Miami in the East. Right. Those are those are when you're going to see the six or seven game series. Like right. Boston well, Toronto, that's going to be a great series. So I'm not too uh, concerned with the East as much as I am the West. I'm still trying to figure out who who are we going to get out of the West. Because like you said, from one to eight, like I still think Portland can beat the Lakers. But um, the Rockets and OKC have been fantastic games. Denver, Utah have been fantastic games. Clips and Dallas, you see these guys, these guys are going to take it the, the distance. So do you, aside from Indiana in the East, you're going to have one, two, three, and five seeds going on to the next round, more than likely. I can't say the same thing for the West. Like, yeah, no, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a hodgepodge. It's really hard to predict it at this point. I, I do agree with you on that. Um, you know, next week we'll have a clearer picture because we'll have more games to play. To what the second round's gonna look like, and we can go from there. But mm-hmm. uh, I, Dallas can absolutely upset L, uh, Los Angeles. Uh, Dallas, Luca's just. I mean, we can talk about the game now. Like Luca's just. By all means, go ahead. That game today oh was God. nuts. Like what he ended up with what forty one points like thir- like seventeen rebounds and and twelve assists or something he was crazy like the like third that. player um, with his stats in a triple double ever 
to yeah. achieve what he achieved in the playoffs today. It, the the game was amazing right from the get go in the back and forth in the game. It was. I'm so glad I took the time to watch it. It was my, a crazy, you, crazy he, game, he, and just like you said, Luca just he went. <laughs> it yeah, was a whole other world. So like, mind you, he he injured his, he sprained his ankle, seriously sprained his ankle. Like I don't know if you saw the replay of the the sprained ankle, but it it like it totally went sideways. Like mm-hmm. he should probably have not played today. Like, but they needed him to play because Porzingis is is hurt. So yeah. like, somebody he, had to go. Abs- yeah, he absolutely sprained his ankle, and he 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 said in his post game uh, news conference, he was like. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I didn't feel real good. I didn't think I was going to play. And then he's like, then I got on the court and I was like, nope, I'm playing. He's like, I'm going to tough it out. He's like, it just, I got on the court and then I got focused and the adrenaline started going and I was like, I'm ready to go. I'm like, that's a baller right there. Yeah. That's a guy that, 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 like, I say, and I was watching a lot of the games and my, my first thought about the NBA, the way it's played today is these players are soft. So it's good to see that there's like a player out there that's willing to put his body through pain and like I watched LeBron play and it, it makes me disgust. It makes me angry because he's like bumping up a contact and flailing his arms and then he's yelling at the officials because he didn't get a call when he's just running into people trying to get fouls or people will like fall over for no apparent reason. Like they got touched. I'm like, what happened to like the eighties and late early nineties when like you were getting like beat up on the court, and rest weren't calling. Yeah, I mean, you're getting like, like an elbow to the side of the head. You're getting like yeah gut checks, and and these guys are like, oh man, you know, no blood, no foul, keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like now, like you t- like you touch with your finger on the guy when he's shooting the ball, and it's like it's a foul, and like like really, like come on, like let him play. It's basketball. When did this become like ballet when we can't touch anybody? Like when I the just, checks. I, I, I could tell you when it happened, when the checks started adding extra zeros. That's when it happened, because now it's about protecting that investment. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, uh, it, it's, 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 they're soft. They're absolutely yeah. soft. The players th- today are soft. So hey, I want to I want to read this to you just so we can all everybody can understand. I mean, we talked about. We talk about Jokic. We've talked about Luka. There's a couple players that you and I are always talking about. And people go, I, I don't understand why. So he, here's Luka's uh, uh, line from tonight, right? 17 rebounds. He made four uh, three-point shots. 13 assists. A block, a steal. 43 points. And the, a, and the game winner. The game on winner. A busted, N-O-T, NOT. On a busted... Well, I wouldn't say busted, but definitely a sprained ankle. Oh yeah, you. So it was funny because in overtime he had he, he had three three point attempts. The first, and on the same move too, it just on opposite sides of the court. The first two he airballed. The third one he made to win the game. And like they're like, how is your ankle feeling? Like after his post his post game uh, post game news conference was awesome because. You're like, how are you feeling? He's like, I don't feel anything. It's numb right now. I, like, the, my adrenaline's still pumping, so I'm gonna like get treatment for it. But he, you could tell, like, he was not the same player. But he was yeah. like, if he can do that on a sprained ankle, man, like, yeah. he's 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 a he's only 21, I think, and uh, I, he's gonna be amazing. I will, I will, I will say this: you played sports, I've played sports, right? When he wakes up tomorrow morning. 
That ankle. <laughs> man, oh man, oh, the team doctor's got some work a, to do. He's they, gonna, they're gonna they're gonna be icing it all night. Like, oh he's gonna, God, he's not, they're gonna they're gonna keep switching out bags of ice because that thing's gonna blow up like a balloon tomorrow. Oh, they're yeah. gonna have to do some like massage and re- like icing, like like so much to it to get the, that swelling down because it's gonna blow up. Because he, it, I can tell you right now, the way his ankle went. He should not have played, and he probably should be on, like walking on crutches at this point. But yeah. he's going to play through it, which I think is awesome. So, so if you if you had to speculate based on this, and they're obviously going to look at it going into the next game, so do we think that there's a chance that Luca's going to be sitting and Porzingis is going to get the start? Do well, you, no, they they just, they just pulled up a, a stat line um, on TV on ESPN. Porzingis is going for an MRI on his knee. Oh, they think it's they the, his he is in. For the next uh, game, his status is in question. That's what they said. Not good. So it could be they could be without a both. more serious injury than they thought. No, Luca's going to play. I never had any doubt that Luca wasn't playing. Even when they like when we were doing our lineups, and they're like, "Oh, he's still questionable as a game time decision." I'm like, "No, Luca's going to play. He's going to go." Like, <laughs> yeah, he's going to be one of those players. It's like they're, the medical staff's like, "Well, you really shouldn't play." He's like, "No, I'm playing." Yeah. Like you're not stopping me from playing, and then. I was just more surprised that Porzingis was was out. Um, and you got to think of it this way: it's two two right now. Game one, Porzingis doesn't get thrown out of that game. Mavericks probably end up winning that game, and they're up three one right now on the Clippers, who are supposed to be the most dominant team in the playoffs right now. Correct. Um. So. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. So I'm like super excited. The other thing that happened this week was the NF- NBA draft lottery. Um. Wow, what a what an interesting turnout that was! <laughs> oh my! So um, I'm sorry, the Knicks I thought got screwed, and it made me chuckle a little bit. But uh, the t- the Timberwolves won the number one pick, so they're probably going to pick Lamelo. Um, I was quite interested. So Golden State, with all their talent and everything like that, has the number two pick. My my question to you, with all their talent, do you think they should trade that pick away for another star? Or do you think they should just draft a star? I guess it depends on how much over the luxury tax they want to pay. That that is that is how you're going to do it because you know those teams they'll be like if you go over X amount in your payroll, then there's a luxury tax you need to pay. Golden State got the money, no problem. Um, but with that being said, Golden State now you know their players are aging. You know the roster's getting a little older. I, I would say you could I, I almost would go with bring in the young blood and start grooming that next that next that next group grooming that bench even if it's yeah. a star you bring in and for the season he's not a starter but he's on the bench just to watch and to learn and, and to have time with the guys on that team that could be something special you, yeah, you don't so you don't Golden State's in a position where you could grab the number two pick and not have to immediately start them. That is true. Um, right now, ESPN has their like mock draft out, and they have them selecting Anthony Edwards with the second overall pick, um, which then they're saying that he would, he would be a starter right off the bat. You would have Steph Curry, Edwards, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green as your starting lineup. That's a highly powerful offensive lineup right there, because um, Edwards is a 
masterful um, skill position player uh, on offense. Now, I was one... thinking, I was thinking that they might go and try to get James uh, James Wiseman um, instead of Edwards, but they like playing that small ball. So I don't know whether they would do that because Wiseman, like you could make Draymond be your your power forward, and Wiseman would be like the the Marcus Cousins that was there last year. Uh, here's here's my I, here's my question to you though, with the NBA draft, to some extent you have buyer beware. NCAA did not get to finish its season, and then. Schools were shut down. Facilities were not available. Now, where you would have already had the draft and you'd be starting to get ready for the upcoming season, you're closing out a season. So we are making the assumptions based on what an incomplete picture. And then what's taken yeah. place since then. Yeah, yes and no. Um or do you think it's just so, it's raw talent is raw talent? These were the guys; they're still the guys. Yeah, your 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 top. I want to say your top six were already pretty much set in stone. Um, the 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 tournament would have maybe changed them one or two positions. Like they might have brought one person above the other if they had a really good tournament. But most of the time, because of the way that the they they're coming out of high school, they already pretty much know that they're going to be like a top three pick in the draft or the top four pick in the draft. The where it get where it's going to get a little bit like muddier is going to be from like picks like eight on through the draft. Like that's where a lot of movement happens based off of how they do in the tournament. So your your mid round picks are going to be the ones that are going to be buyer beware. I think the top picks you can't go. You're you're really at that point like they they are who they are and they were going to be that way. Anyways, like Lamelo Ball was d- destined to be the number one overall pick. Like whoever was going to pick number one was probably going to pick Lamelo Ball, which is kind of kind of why I didn't want him to go into Golden State because that would have just that would have been way too much talent on one team for anybody to handle. Um, because he would have ended up playing that Kevin Durant type role. So, um, but he went to the Timberwolves, which he's he's going to be with D'Angelo Russell. Um, so that'd be that'd be interesting. Now, the, the, again, this is all projected that they the Warriors might end up trading that pick and getting more picks. Um, it, I think I don't I don't think they should. But the good the good news is for the Warriors, they're in a position where they're not in a team in desperation mode. Like, oh my God, we have to have talent and keep the pick. They they've got they've they've got a way they can spin it to their advantage. They have numerous options. They can go. The core of what we have is still fantastic. We'll trade it away for other draft picks or work with another team in a multi-trade deal. You know what I mean? So that yeah. I, I give them credit. I mean, they're they're really in a good position as far as you don't um, you don't necessarily have to trade draft a player. You can decide based on the way the franchise is that trading it trading it away would also be a good idea. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I guess they can't really go wrong. Right. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the whole I, – I don't really know how to gauge this year's draft. Um, I think you're – again, you're, you're right to a certain point. 
Um, there's a lot of players in here I would have liked to have seen how they did in a, in a tournament atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it, it, it's a whole different feel than it is for like playing in the regular season. And we didn't even, they didn't even get to finish a lot of the regular season. So I think there's, a, I'm looking at some of the players, like, um, I know for Duke, like I would have liked to have seen Trey Jones back in the tournament and seen how he progressed because according to this, he dropped down, which I'm okay with because it has the Sixers selecting him in the second round, which I think would be a steal. I think Trey Jones is a whole. He was like a lottery pick last year, uh-huh. and now they have him going in the second round, according to this mock draft, which I think would be a steal for the Sixers to have him as their. I would say their point guard, starting point guard, but because um, I don't think Shake Milton's that good, um, but I think he would he would be he would be able to handle because he's he played with the the quote unquote uh, big dream team last year for Zion, RJ Barrett, um, and Trey Jones and, um, Cam Reddish all on the same team. So he was able to deal with and make cohesive the having big stars on the team, which Simmons and Embiid have a hard time doing. So that would be like beautiful. He'd be able to, you know, work the point with all those players and still get his, uh, shot and everything. So I, I mean, it, some of the players I, I, on the mock draft were, Put lower, and what's going to be more important for them is to, for them to show off it because the NBA is their own combine, um, is to show off their skills at that combine um, as much as they can because that's really what player uh, teams are going to scout on, and they're going to look off the tape and they're going to try to see this and that. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I think you're going to see yes. a lot of later round picks that are going to flourish versus, versus um, like the mid-round picks. I think there's, you're going to have buyer's remorse with a lot of the mid-round I think there's going to be some of those diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Correct. Awesome. Well, as, as we always like to say, man, we'll see how it pans out. Yep. All righty. All right, well, guys, so we're going to go on to baseball now. Um, I'm going to say this. The Yankees got another injury. I'm going to start out with the Yankees. Thank you. I'm going to throw that out there. They had another injury, injured player, Zach Britton, uh, has joined their injury, uh, their high-profile injured list that they have. Um, I feel like that was worth noting because – oh, and they're no longer first in the AL East. So that's another note. They're now fighting to get back to first. That's okay. Um, We are are still going to make the playoffs. Let's make that abundantly clear. Yeah, no, the Phillies aren't because um, yeah. they're garbage. Our bullpen is last in the league with like a seven point nine four nine ERA, which is just unheard of for a bullpen. That's just god awful, garbage. Um, what kind of records are you guys in Philly trying to break these days? That's what I'd like to know. I don't know. Like it, it's just it's awful. Like I, 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 so like you asked me today because they were they were winning against the Braves. And it was three five in the fifth, and I go, wait, it's only the fifth inning. They, our bullpen hasn't gotten in there yet. They'll probably that's a five spot right there. Um, they made a bunch of trades though for other relievers, so hopefully they pan out. Um, right now, it looks like they're doing pretty well. They're still winning in the bottom of the eighth, but Tommy Hunter's on the mound, and he's not the greatest reliever, so we'll see. And then Hector Neris has to come in, and he's not really doing too well either. Um, our bullpen is just god awful and outside of jt and harper uh, nobody's hitting anything i think kingery i've never seen 
a major league baseball player have less than a 100 batting average. He's at like .092. Wait, and it's not a pitcher. And it's not a pitcher. Like, <laughs> yeah. how is that even possible? Like, and then you have like Harper, who's just destroying the ball, is batting like three sixty right now, and has seven home runs and like twenty RBIs. And then JT has eight home runs, and he's batting like two ninety. And then you like all of our other guys are batting like two hundred, one fifty. Hey, it's like listen. Just say it's a strange COVID season, and that's the answer to all your problems, right there. No, it shouldn't be. <laughs> Not at all. You don't want to use the excuse, right? You, you don't no, want to use the no excuse. excuses. Yes. Excuses do not alter performance. No. At good all. Point. <laughs> they should. They should be playing baseball and they should be winning. It's that simple. It's not. It's not a hard concept. You just score more runs than the other team. Well, unfortunately, it does seem to be a problem for some teams in the league. <clears throat> like, like we 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 brought in Joe Girardi because he was supposed to up the level of our team, and he has not produced. We are now. 9-14, and 14, last in the NL East, and they're not even considering us to be in the playoff race. <sighs> I'm sorry. This has to be a painful week for you. It is, and it, 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 it is, and it isn't. We'll get to the good Philly team in a second. But, <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so Keep going. The trade deadline, trade deadline is a week away, yep. which is kind of interesting because the season's so short that like, you really haven't got a good gauge of what you're seeing from players. Um, do you, let me, let me ask you this. What teams do you think are going to be buyers and what teams do you think are going to be sellers? Oh boy. Um, just look at the records. That'll speak for itself. Um, the teams that are by most of the teams that are, will be buyers are the ones that would probably be like on the bubble. You're going to have eight teams that can get into the playoffs this year for, for each, for each league. So I, if I had to say which teams do I think would be buyers, more than likely probably teams that look like the five through eight seeds, the ones that need just that little piece to get over the hump. Because if you look between the top and the bottom of each league, your first couple of teams are just blowing away everybody. Once you kind of get into the middle of that pack and then you start your seeding for the wild card, there's kind of a scrum there where everybody's kind of knotted up. So I, uh, without getting into specific teams, I would probably say like your five through eight teams that are fighting for a playoff spot, maybe even a ninth or tenth seeded team as the standings are now, are probably going to be the buyers. Uh, because of the shortened season, you're looking for that just that one piece to get you over the hump. The teams are going to be sellers. Normally, your teams that are down in the basement are the sellers as they look to to reconstruct, uh, to rebuild the team. The problem is, is I don't know how much selling will be going on because, again, you have a shortened season. And like you said, you haven't really had a chance to look at the players. So for all you know, somebody that may not be performing at the moment in a shortened season, you've played, what? 20 games, 30 games at this point, you know, maybe in a 162-game season takes a little longer to come around. You want to get rid of somebody for a bargain basement price, and then this guy just torches it on the team he goes to. You see, you, you follow me on that? Yeah, I follow you on that. Um, so 
let me put it this way. I think the Red Sox, because of how terrible they are, are going to be sellers, major sellers at the deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if they are the most active team at the deadline trying to, you know, trying to get prospects or trying to, um, because they're going nowhere fast. And it's actually, it's, it's getting ugly up there in Boston. I'm sure you're not overly upset about that, but. Um, I think they're going to be sellers. Um, I don't think we're going to have as active of a, or excuse me, I think we're going to have a more active trade deadline than we have had in years past. Um, Do you attribute to that to the shortened season? Oh, absolutely. Because really, even though that the, the, the Phillies are not in it, they win four games in a row against their division opponents, and they're right back in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, a below 500 team is going to get into the playoffs. And then once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Oh, we've um, seen it before. <laughs> it, it, that's that's the beauty. That's one of the beauties of baseball is a team gets hot and they can run the table. So um, I think you're going to see a lot more people trying to buy on, on players um, from teams that know that they have no shot, like the Red Sox or like, like the Orioles that are like starting to fade. Um, those guys are going to probably try to buy big um, to get that player. That's going to boost them in the um, playoffs. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I mean, we can talk more about it next week because it's, it's, I believe Monday of net of uh, the, it's August 31st. So it'll be a week after this. But um, we'll have plenty to know, talk about when it happens. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Mike, Mike Trout broke another record. Um, his Here we go. Rookie baseball card, highest selling sports card of all time. Yes, sold sir. For three point, I guess it's three point nine million. They didn't really write it. They wrote it out in the like the numbers, but three, three million nine hundred and thirty six thousand dollars. Thank you. Um, it trumped it trumped the uh, 3.12 million uh, 1909 Honus Wagner T206 uh, card yep. T206 card. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting, kind of cool. Yep. So, and uh, how many? We've had more than one discussion since we started doing this show about the highest price sports card. This is just getting ridiculous now. There, yeah, there's money I mean, out there. <laughs> this is what the second or the third time this has been brought up now. Yeah, because they had a LeBron LeBron James card that sold for one point eight four five million in yep. on July nineteenth. So, yep. uh, people are selling cards. They need to get money, so they have these uh, baseball cards, and people are buying them, paying them millions of dollars for them. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking maybe I should just start getting these. Uh, rookie cards when they're like get every rookie's card and then when one makes it big sell the card well it's not it's not just having a rookie's card so to put this into context of course um the card was a 2009 bowman chrome draft prospects super fractor okay don't ask me to say that again now um Bowman usually is more of a premier card, especially for rookie. Uh, Bowman focuses more on the rookie cards and the draft prospects more than the other sets and other cards do. So it, it's um, a draft prospect and a super fractor. So it, it's a special like insert card. It's extremely limited. 
um, how many of the Carter made. Uh, let me see here. Um, this was signed by Mike Trout, and only five of these cards were made. You know, and, you just burst in my bubble. Like, I had a great way to make money, yeah. and you just burst in my bubble. So, um, I, can, I, I still... Let me go with it. So, well, no, I, I can give you some advice on this. So, here's what we do. Anytime a new... Um, I still collect cards a little bit. So, and I can get you into this, but basically what we do is we don't buy packs, we buy cases. Not boxes, cases. When a new set gets released, and we, we do what they call, um, you know, we'll break it open, and we'll sort through any cards i can grade them tell you the value of them the whole nine yards and see what kind of money we make that's how a lot of sports cards collectors do uh sport card collectors do it now so if you have a case of like if there's a a hot prospect in a particular sport that's what really drives what the prices of these things will go for if you have like a hot rookie class with a lot of hot cards probably going to cost you a little bit more. So if we're going to buy a case of these, what is now an expensive hobby cards, we could be dropping a thousand, two thousand dollars on a case. When you buy a case of sports cards like that, the good news is there's a pretty good chance we should be able to at least break even based on the inserts and autographs you get in there. Um, but if you do get the one gold mine, like uh, a one in five card autograph by somebody who becomes rookie of the year, yeah, dude, we're set. <laughs> There's the general right. rundown. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We'll, yep. we'll put that in action. We'll let everybody know how it works out. So so um, we'll let all the listeners know, support the show, spend us money. We'll go ahead and blow it on what's coming up. Football cards. Football cards sound good. There's a good draft class this year. We'll go ahead and spend a couple grand on cards. Uh, and, and if we hit a big rare rookie, what we'll do is, I guess, what? Um... We'll donate the money to charity. How does that sound? Fair enough? It's good. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll do it. We'll stream it. I'm for it. Absolutely. Cool. Um, and so Jose Abreu went nuts. I'm, 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 I'm thinking the Cubs are glad that they're not going to play the White Sox again for a little bit because – To say he, he went nuts is an understatement. <laughs> yeah. So he tied a major league record for at like home run – home runs with uh four straight home runs four i'm trying to see if i can uh, how i can word this and make it make sense he hit four straight home runs in four straight play uh plate appearances so he hit four home runs in a row each time he came up four home and, runs and four at bats yes and then a sixth home it, it was a six homer in the chicago cubs series that's ridiculous insane um yeah I, I, there's no other words to say to, to match that um but i'm i'm sure the cubs are sitting there thanking that they're done their series and they're moving on away yeah. from jose abreu <laughs> oh you know it um any any teed up hit and off view darvish who this season has been has done a great job uh, on the mound, so I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if just Darvish wasn't pitching well or just Abreu was in the zone. <laughs> I don't know, but that was yeah. ugly. Um, but we're going to move on to the the highlight of Philly right now. We're going to move on to the NHL hockey. Make yourself um, feel good. Go for it. Yep. What? Yep. You're going to get flyered up. 
Flyers are in the second round for the first time since 2012. They're looking awesome. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that I'm going on vacation because the, our coworker that's an Islanders fan, um, I'm already I already busted on him today about it. Uh, Did you fire the first the Flyers, shot? <laughs> the Flyers are going to beat um, and possibly sweep the Islanders. Um, but I will. I only get to go with one game tomorrow night's the first game, um, and I leave for vacation on Wednesday. Uh, so I won't. I'll if we hopefully we win tomorrow night. We should, um, and I can rag on him on Tuesday. But uh, the the second round of playoffs look like this: uh, Boston versus Tampa Bay. Go uh, Lightning. Flyers versus Islanders. Uh, Golden Knights nothing. versus Canucks, which is interesting because the Canucks beat up on the the Blues, yes. uh, the defending champs. Uh, you have Dallas versus Colorado. Um, I don't think there's any surprises there. Nope. Uh, the Islanders beating the Capitals is probably the biggest surprise. Um, yes. And they didn't just they didn't just like win a seven game series. They beat up on them. They beat them four one. Oh man, they beat uh, them down. They beat them down. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I'll tell you right the now, got outplayed. I do not feel bad <laughs> whatsoever. No, I don't either. Nope. I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I'm yep. just. I don't know. I don't like looking ahead, but. I don't really want to face Boston or Tampa Bay next next if we if we beat the Islanders or when we beat the Islanders. Well, let me put it to you this way. If you no. don't want to face either team, then just lose to the Islanders and you got nothing to worry about. Why do you have to speak such blasphemy? <laughs> like, why, why are you bringing negative ju- uh, juju to this? I'm just saying, I, you're like, you don't want to face either. Then just lose the series and you don't have a problem. Flyers are going to win the series. Let's move on. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so we got our random topics. We got uh, college football and basketball. Um, interesting for college football, the NCAA voted this week to give an extra year of eligibility to fall athletes um, because of the pandemic, which I thought was really cool. Um, well, since most of I their mean, sports were getting canceled. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like they, they, they needed to do this. Yes. It's not something that like they were like debating about. It was kind of like you you have to do this. There's no way that you can, you know, uh, take away from these players because of a pandemic. Like this was basically just doing the right thing. Period. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was the right thing to do. Yes. Um, and then Coach K came out for college basketball and said that he warned the NCAA that we can't afford not to have a March Madness tournament this year. Um, that to not have it two NCAA years in a row is would be detrimental to the um, league and to colleges, which when Coach K says something like that, everybody listen. listens. Yeah. <laughs> Enough said. He's basically, he basically told him, he's like, I, I, I ain't going I ain't playing a season where we're not having a tournament. So you guys are going to have a tournament. I don't care how you do it. There better be a tournament. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically yeah. that's how it's going to go. Yep. I mean, enough said right there. Right. Um, did you see in the article, because everybody wants to know that we, we have friends and, and people that we know, um, they know for us, like we're, we're already big sports nuts, but for us, we get extra crazy during March madness. Do we not? And uh, yeah, you know, they don't. Uh, I they don't get it. People don't, don't. 
Don't expect me to do work during March yes. Madness. Um, and they, and the, the NCAA came out and said because of them cance- canceling March Madness, uh, the NCAA said they lost about $375 million in revenue. I mean, oh, absolutely. Ouch. You know, people people cannot wrap their mind around how much money it is. I'm like, I told you, it's money. Uh, yeah, money. I mean, the, the, I think the article for the Coach K says is they get like 80% of their revenue from the tournament alone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a crazy stat. We talk about banking on a lot of things. And the fact that, like, they were in the middle of the tournament right when the panic pandemic happened is just – it's terrible for them. So they, they can't afford not to have – uh, a basketball tournament. So that's good news. We'll have a basketball tournament. I'm happy about that. One way or another. We could call it the Coach K. You know, worst case scenario, we'll have a Coach K tournament. I'll tell you right now, everybody will watch that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. All right, man. Well, uh, guess what? As I'm looking at the timer here, you know what it's time for. It's time for that rough riding part of the show. It's time for Chips Chumps. players awful calls poor sportsmanship the worst of the week with chips chumps all right guys so this week uh was fun putting my list together because i already knew who the top few were going to be but uh it took me a little bit to get to the final one so here it is number five so number five goes this actually happened right before we went on the air uh Alec Baum, who is a uh, rookie for the Philadelphia Phillies, hit his first home run. Now, he doesn't get the chump award. The chump award goes to the security officer who had to retrieve the ball that he hit. Because essentially, when you hit a home run, um, and it's your first one, they want to grab the ball and case it up for you and, and give it to you because as a memento. He went in to – because it was in a, a, the Braves ballpark. He, they hit it, and it went into their pool. So he went into the pool and fished it out. Well, he fished out the ball, turned around, looked back at the water, saw that there was a second ball in the pool, and fished that one out. So we have no idea which ball is actually the one that he hit. Um, what? Like, do, do, do the Braves just not clean out their pool when the balls get hit in there, and they just – it's like a golf ball thing? Like – it's just terrible. Now, like, do you give them both balls and say, hey, one of these is the one you hit home run with? We don't know. We have no idea. Like, come on, Braves. Get on your – get on <sighs> – Braves, all I got to say is, you know, clean your stadium. I know you guys are first place and everything like that, but you shouldn't have more than like you, you should be cleaning out the pool at least like it was the first home run of the game, so it wasn't even like it was a home run that was hit that game. So at least had to be there from before, which is just terrible. Moron. Number four. So number four goes to this is just ridiculous. Like I'm all for mascots being funny and doing crazy stuff. But the St. Louis Cardinals mascot took it to a whole nother level. So obviously he's a bird. He goes and sits in the bleachers by himself and puts a kiddie pool in the middle of the walkway, puts his feet in the kiddie pool, and then is proceeded to put suntan lotion 
all over the mascot's body. And it's having a bird bath. Are you kidding me? Really? Like, why? Like, is the game that boring that you have nothing to do? Like, watch the game. Like, it's pretty hilarious, but at the same time, like, unnecessary. Moron. Number three. So number three goes to, needless to say, a player that I really don't like. Um, I think he's overrated. But Earl Thomas, you got what you deserved this week when you got released. But he got into a shouting match with a teammate and to the point where they had to be separated and he was sent home. Um, he was sent home from the, from the facility because he was, they were like literally ready to duke it out fists up because he's acting like a child because it's practice. I hate to say that we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. It's not a game. And he missed an assignment. So you, you start shouting and yelling at him and it, it escalated so much that you want to beat your own teammate up. I'm glad that they released you. Like I wouldn't want a teammate like that. Like, yeah, you can sit there and say something like, Hey man, you, you missed that assignment. Like we got to do better if we want to like play better but you don't yell and scream at your teammate. Like that does nothing. That doesn't even show leadership. That's just terrible. It's garbage. Like I said, that's the word of this show. Garbage. Moron. Number two. So number two goes to a research lab, or I guess it's a testing lab for COVID in New Jersey. And the reason it's on the list is they've had 10 or a series of positive COVID-related results that have come from this same laboratory. And they believe that they are not accurate. So there's something going on with this facility where they're producing a lot of positive results, more so than the other facilities. So now they're looking into it. It was 77 test results for 11 teams. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, we don't want to see sports go away. But if this one facility is screwing it up, it's the facility should just be shut down and everybody should be fired, hands down, because that's you're going to cost all of us the joy of watching a sport because you guys are inept in actually doing your jobs. Moron. Number one. So I know I, I harped on this a little bit earlier. I'm going to harp on it again because it's it's my team. And fire Brett Brown. Get him out of there. Terrible. This whole entire season, the restart, the series, I'm tired of hearing your excuses. I'm tired of you saying that, you. oh, I had this injury and that injury and I never got to be my potential coach, blah, 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 blah. Don't care. Leave. I don't want to see you coach the Sixers. I do not want to see you on the sideline. You're too much of a buddy-buddy. That's not what these guys need. They are immature. They need a, a hard-nosed disciplinarian that's going to whip them into shape, and that's not you. You may go on and do great things somewhere else. I doubt it because I don't think you're a good coach. But you are garbage times a thousand. We just got swept by the Boston Celtics. 
of all teams to get swept by. That is the one team that the Sixers do not want to get swept by. You couldn't even win one game. And every time that Brad Stevens changed something, you had no answer for it. And you even came out afterwards and said that you did a terrible job. It was obvious you did a terrible job. Our team was supposed to be number one, was projected to be at the top of the East, and we finished sixth. Sixth. That's awful. Brett Brown. Moron. Chips chumps. How do you feel? It almost sounded like you wanted to pass out on that last one. You okay there? Yeah, I'm fine. I was, I'm losing my voice because I'm screaming so much. <laughs> you like, feel better now? Maybe I should give you yeah. a megaphone to do the number one from now on to just amplify it out there for just sheer stupidity. It was, it was, it was just awful. Yes. Absolutely awful. Yes. Um, it, it just because uh, I, I realized that I, I saw the article after uh, the chumps list was put together. Have you had a chance to uh, see that article that I put up in the notes? No, I did not. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Yeah. But, um, I just I, I because when we were talking about the Mike Trout rookie card, and I, I scrolled down by accident, I went, "Oh, what's that? Oh, that ain't cool." Yeah, it, look, it looks like it came out yesterday. Um, so I might it, it, that is one that I missed and I didn't see it, but uh, supposedly a Washington Nationals employee. Um, threw two cups of hot coffee in the face of a female convenience store employee in the Dominican Republic. Why? Um, he turned himself into authorities because that's kind of assault at that point. Um, so what is wrong with you? That's, that's what yeah. I want to know. That, what is wrong with Yeah, No, you know, like oh, not, I mean, fired you exchange words, so I'm going to take two fresh burning hot cups of coffee and I'm going to throw them in your face. What can you possibly say to a human being that would make... What, what could be... Let me put you in their shoes. What could possibly be said to you that you'd be like, nah, man, I'm just going to torch their face right here. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's it's terrible. It um, is. I saw, the, I saw a movie, I saw a movie last night, uh, Unhinged. It was kind of like the same thing of like road rage overreaction road rage that caused a killing spree so yeah it's ridiculous it's absolutely people people need to be nicer to each other yes we do especially in this time uh well tell you what you know what uh we we've had some tension there and chumps and some not good news so why don't we uh wrap this up let's go ahead and hit the buzzer it's the final buzzer the last moments of the show okay here we go five All right, everybody, you heard it. The last few minutes of the show, we are at the final buzzer. Um, I would like to go ahead and say it was a passionate discussion this week, Chip. Mostly one-sided, though. I mean, all we had was garbage coming out of your mouth. No, we had garbage coming out of the philadelphia sports teams minus the flyers <laughs> a bunch of garbage men they are so i guess you're gonna be yes. taking out the trash huh <laughs> um, we're gonna see it'll start right. it's gonna start with the sixers front office we'll see um how they're gonna handle that situation but if you have yeah, any say in the matter if they listen to the show then uh we might we might be able to institute some change there <laughs> hopefully hopefully to, like 
tomorrow that they fire Brett Brown tomorrow. That would be the tomorrow best news to wake up to, wouldn't it? Yeah, tomorrow won't be soon enough. I mean, it's only it's going to be a very short off season, so they got to like get on it now. So we no. vote for him to be gone. Yes. Awesome. I voted for him. To be, I, I voted for him to be gone last year. Well, the, this exit from the playoffs should help your cause. Let's hope. <laughs> Absolutely. What's our movie yep. of the week, my man? So the movie of this week is um, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's kind of a lesser movie, but um, it's like a. It says it was in 1990, but I, it it had more has that 80s feel to it. It's called Side Out. Um, it's a volleyball movie, um, and it's basically a like uh, midwestern guy goes to California for a law internship with his uncle, um, and he has to evict a like bum on the beach uh, who's living in a, in a like house on the beach, and he gets uh, thrown into the world of competitive volleyball, and. Uh, it's a really cool story. It's it's very short. It's like a short 80s film. It's only like an hour and a half, but it's it keeps you uh, ingrained in it. And the, the quote of the week from it is, I'm talking about bump, set, spike, chicks, brew, everything, which is said by one of the guys in there, and that perfectly explains the movie in a nutshell. So I guess how do you, how do you answer that from that time? You just go, dude. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it, we, oh, go ahead. No, I was just kidding. It's, it's a good movie. It's, right. it's one that I watch from time to time when I'm bored. Um, I'm going to tell you, that to kind of spin off of this, we're going to go away from sports movies for a minute. But I am very excited about Friday. Do you know what Friday is? Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. You know it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's also, also uh, New Mutants comes out on Friday, too. Yes. Um, so... I'm either A, going to break quarantine by going to the movie theater to watch these movies, or supposedly they're supposed to be on demand, so I'm just going to gather up my family and watch them at home. Uh, yeah, I went to the movies last night. It was really cool. Like I actually went to the theater uh, by the, our store. So Was there uh, – well, uh, did everybody properly socially distance? I heard they're going through a lot of uh, uh, precautions at the movie theaters. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super safe. Everyone's wearing masks. They don't let you in if you don't have a mask. Um, when you because the theater that I was at, you have to reserve the seat. So when you reserve your seat, they block off either seat next to you. They're only limiting movies to 40% capacity. Um, you can order your food from your phone and then just go up there and pick it up. So you're not staying, stand in line or anything like that. Um, they have hand sanitizer everywhere. They're cleaning machines down. Um, yeah, everything's like super safe. I was very thoroughly surprised at how how it was. Um, yeah, awesome. Everything marked on the floor with social distancing and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Well, um, I'm not sure about our um, our uh, our network's family of channels. We got a couple of channels out there um, with Random Chatter and Mike's Movie Minute and a couple others where they like to talk about the movie business and whatnot. So I wonder if you are the first one to make it out to the movies. Uh, maybe I should check with them. We might have a leg up on them as far as the other stuff on the network goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, unless you got anything else, it's uh, time to close the books on this episode and get ready for next week. Absolutely. All right. Well, as always, I'm Don. He's Chip. 
It's been another great time. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all next week. We're out. You've been listening to Sportscasters Anonymous. Your opinion may differ, but that doesn't mean you're right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We hope you were intrigued or at least entertained. You can find the podcast on all the major networks. Find us on Discord and Patreon at Random Chatter. Hook up on the website at randomchatter.com and browse through the merchandise at randomchatter.com slash store. We'll see you next time. This is Sportscasters Anonymous. Signing off.